Welcome back once again to Backwoods Theology. I uh, hope you're having a wonderful time. We have, uh, in the words of Brother Wiley, the vault door has been closed, and uh, we're back around the table, which I want to say, I uh, we were, a few weeks ago, um, we were, um, without disclosing where we are physically at this moment, but we were here, um, and I was here with a church member who subscribes to our podcast, and he wanted to see the vault. And so I brought him into this room and he says, so this is where it all goes down. I said, this is where it all goes down. Did you hide the keypad when you did the code? Did you I hide did. The, okay, I did. Good. I made sure. So, did you make sure the Tesseract was locked up? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to, have, I mean, we wouldn't yes. be able to see, how could we see our Bibles without the glowing Tesseract? Without the glowing <laughs> to Tesseract. To illustrate. That's the, right. Yeah. To and that's how it all works anyway. Um, but anyway, so no, I think it was cool because he, he's like, hey, can I go back there? So I think you were with me. And uh, we came back here and I showed him, you know, where the magic happened. So magic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of happened. <laughs> so, but no, um, I enjoy it. And so I, I just think it's cool. But here we are once again. I hope you've had a good week. We, man, um, last time we were together, it was, it was an interesting conversation to say the least. And I believe we um, are, are, are trying, and I hope the listener gets this, is that we don't want the listener, nor do we want each other, to take our words for it. Um, you need the Bible. You need the, uh, the King James Bible. And by the way, none of this study can ever happen outside of this Bible anyway. And so it's important to have. And so I'm thankful for you men. I'm thankful for the study of Scripture that we can just look at some truths in front of us that maybe don't, and there's a word we've been using recently, maybe it doesn't jive with what we were always taught, but if it doesn't go against and doesn't harm the scriptures, you, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, it's important uh, to look at some things like this. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Brother Wiley, who is here with us today. I'm thankful for Brother Colburn, who is also here with us. And um, I'm excited. You know, it's funny. I, I, I made a reference to um, a gentleman who previously is a uh, uh, new subscriber, and I was talking to him. I met him, and uh, he goes, I can put a face to the voice, but what about the other two guys? So I showed him a picture of you two, and um, he said when he saw a picture of Chad, he goes, yeah, that's, that's yeah, I got that. It's about how ugly he sounds. Yeah. Right. When I showed a picture of Brother Wiley, he said, it's not at all how I pictured him. <laughs> so uh, apparently you don't look like your voice. Um, Chad, you look like your voice. Mm. So, and we all have faces for radio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of neat. But anyway, we'll get right back into it. Brother Wiley um, has done some studying on uh, this thing called the church and how, and I believe if, if, if you're just listening today, you need to go back to the last episode. Definitely. Um, because there are times the scripture uses the word church, but it is not, and it is clear, it is not talking about what you and I today sitting in the New Testament church time, the body of Christ. It's talking about a different age. 
and um, a church in a different age. And so that's important. So if you didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to stop listening right now and go to the previous episode because you're not going to get some things that we're going to talk about today. And so with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Wiley again as um, he has some more thoughts to share with us. Excellent. Thank you so much for <clears throat> joining us again. And again, um, Josh mentioned the previous episode. Our goal in the previous episode was to show, just simply show, the references to a church, to a congregation outside of the church age. Because as we view Revelation 2 and 3, uh, and the use of the word church, our mind immediately goes, this must be the church age because mm. of the use of the word church. And so last time, we didn't draw any conclusions yet about chapters two and three, these seven churches. All we did was to show the biblical understanding of church outside of the age in which we uh, live. My goal today is to, now that we know that, now that we know that in other dispensations, the Bible speaks of the church, okay, knowing that truth now... We can go to Revelation 2 and 3, and I believe, place where these churches fit. Are these past churches? Are they present churches? Are they churches to come? What are these seven churches that are listed in Revelation 2 and 3? So, to I, I was never a huge algebra fan, Um what I did appreciate about algebra is that there is an answer as opposed to English where there's innumerable exceptions and all of these things. I, I mm. did enjoy mathematics in that it's exact. You do it every time this way, it will always come out. And I really do view a lot of what I study in the Bible, and especially this topic, to an algebraic problem. Now, I know some of you perhaps have turned you off immediately because you just don't like algebra. Or even a puzzle. Right. Yeah. Um, I might have mentioned it in the last episode about even something as simple as buttoning your shirt. If you start off wrong, your entire shirt is going to be messed. There's no fixing it once you've started off wrong. Well, in an algebraic problem, if we are solving X... We can then take, if it's x equals 3, we then can take the 3 back into the problem, and every, wherever you have x, you put 3, and it balances. In my mind, what we're hoping to do today is to solve x. Mm. And that is, okay, where do we place these churches? Where do we place them? Are these church-age churches? Are these... Uh, a future age church, where do we place them? Then when we once we solve where do we place these churches, we then can go back into Revelation and say, oh, okay, we can see uh, more clearly we've defined the time and the age in which we're speaking. Because the predominant thinking, and again, I, I'll be honest, I've never... I, I've never read or heard—I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Um, I've never read or heard anybody who thinks that these aren't church-age churches. Mm. And I'm sure they're—you know, for me to say that, whenever I 
preach and say, this is the only location in the Bible, <laughs> you know, I'm wrong and there's something else. So I'm not saying that myself or we are unique in any way, um, but my, my goal today is to show you biblically that these are tribulational churches, that these are churches that will operate during the tribulation period, not in this age. And I do not believe, and I have to go back to two episodes ago where, and I've changed my position a little since two episodes ago, and it was really from something that Chad was saying, which Chad is absolutely correct. Um, and I, Chad, please help me if I'm misquoting you in any way, because I'm going back a little ways. But you'd mentioned in the, I think it would be episode three of this season. So I think it'd be season two, episode three. We split it into a two-parter and you made the statement, and please help me if I'm misquoting you, that if these are tribulational churches, then they cannot also be church age churches. Right. Is that... Right. Did you say that's a fair? Right, right. Because when so when you first presented that this this idea that these are tribulational churches because of you know your primary and help me represent your position well here your primary issue was that the doctrine of these churches the things that they're told to do the things that they everything about them is Jewish. Correct. Right? And that um if if they're Jewish congregations, right, and it's it's a tribulation church, then your your doctrinal economy has changed, right? You're back you're in that 70th week, you're outside the church age and things are different. So they can't be both. And I think what I was trying to do, and I've since changed because I've put some more study into it. I was trying to say Revelation 1:4 was church age. But chapters two and three are tribulation. I was trying to, I was trying to have them be both, and they're they're just not. They're and your statement is absolutely correct. They cannot be, because, you know, when we think of dual, the term dual fulfillment or whatever it is, within that there must be truth that transcends. Okay, there has to be. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth does not transcend. The truth. The, the doctrine of these seven churches is not the doctrine that you and I preach. It just is not. Right. Um, so this cannot be a dual fulfillment because the truth does not transcend through the ages. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, when I said that, it wasn't that I even necessarily held to your position. You weren't on board with it. No. Right, because I'm thinking through it. I'm like, boy, this is... Because I have not... Same as you, I haven't... I don't know about you, Josh. I haven't read anybody. I don't read a lot of commentary and revelation, to be honest, because there's a lot of hokey stuff out there. But um, I haven't come across anybody. I would like to. I would like. I would too. It'd make me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think um, I haven't read anybody. Um, I've heard this um, one guy in specific, uh, particular. He's he pointed at. He actually said it was both. So what, like, here's, here's what I feel like. I feel like we feel a sense of obligation yeah. to make it both. 
Okay. I don't know why we feel well, that. I mean, I, I I'm listening to my mind's going. I have to, I, I I try to not do this, but we still and we all do it. We we still approach the scriptures and we sometimes go at it from the historical. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say we're reading Psalm 23 and we say David said, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, cuz oh, David wrote it. Well, the Holy Spirit did. Right. Okay. We read Colossians and we say Paul said. And and when we do that, we throw in the historical. You know what I mean? Right, we're trying to give people a context for yes. yeah, for when And I so said. when I go to Revelation, John clearly pins it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where does this go? Who's reading this? You know what I mean? Right. What 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 as he pins this entire book, he's on the Isle of Patmos. Okay, that's clearly given to us. Mm-hmm. Who reads it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, who takes it and not goes only, not cause, only cuz the church of Colossia received Colossians and they read it as an epistle of Paul, but they also recognize it as the pen of the Holy Spirit. So, you know what I mean? But who From reads the historical it? Right. But who who reads it but also when does it come to fruition? Like when That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. When 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 he wrote these, mm-hmm. if these are not literal churches that he sent them to, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Sure. Right? Who did he send this letter to? Right. As he penned this book, who did he send it out to? Well, and then why why do we why, why is it? Okay. Why do we assume that he did send it to these seven churches? How do we get it? Right. Well, okay. Obviously, we have God's we got it because I'm of preservation, but we don't. You know, if we hold that it, they're tribulation churches, then there that does not necessitate then that these were sent to any churches mm-hmm. um, or any of those churches that I, would have that name. Yes. Right. So, so you know, Hebrews. Hebrews is a book of scripture not given to the church. <gasps> it's easy because yeah. the title of it is Hebrews. I know, but that and it's also written about a future time. Yes, but the Apostle Paul pens it. But that is not what main. Okay, and where after he pens that book, who does he send it to? Mm-hmm. The Jews of that day. You see, what I'm saying I do. Did the church receive it and go? Okay, this is for the future Israel. Does you see what I'm trying well, to do? Well, then you to? go back to you go back to the idea when prophecy was given, right? Did did the person who received that prophecy understand it completely? Behold, a virgin shall conceive, mm-hmm. right? Did I mm-hmm. did Isaiah know in that very moment as he is pen, writing that down? Did he understand its complete fulfillment? Shoot, did Zechariah understand? Daniel, we know, did not. Right. Daniel said it. Sure. So, so, you know. Well, here's a good question in the book of Hebrews. Why was it given to the church if it was not written to nor about the church? I believe it goes to the doctrine of how God used the church to preserve his word. Because if he gave... The letter of the Hebrews to the Hebrews, it would not exist today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would not have preserved right, it. Right, right, right. So I believe Revelation is given to the church to preserve it. Well, and the reason it's given That's to the church. Here's what I, I feel like: the reason it's given to the church to preserve is because um, the day of the Lord 
is that seventh day prophetically. And I feel like 6,000 years is was predetermined upon human history, mm-hmm. that that's how long it's going to be. That doesn't mean our calendar is correct. Right, because according to the Jewish calendar, they're not in the 2000s yet. And again, do you think... See, we're by a Roman calendar. Do you right. think God's going to... Well, it's 2023, <laughs> not according to the Jewish that's, calendar. That's the Gentile not, calendar. Well, what's the Jewish... I got to know how much time I got to get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jewish calendar, they haven't Goodness. even reached the year 2000 Seriously? Yet, so. Man, I got... Okay. Well, I do think uh, two days... You know, two prophetic days, 2,000 years is what the church age is going to amount to. And I, 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 you know, it's a great topic of discussion. Right. It really is. I can't certainly I just, discount it. So, so where I was going to through all this is, no, 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 you're fine. I believe to rightly divide the scriptures, when you come to, um, what's the book before Hebrews? Philemon. Philemon. Thank mm-hmm. you. When you come to the close of Philemon, you come to the close of scriptures given directly to the church. Mm-hmm. Hebrews, James. And, and about the church. And about right. the church. Right, I'm right. sorry, about the church. Right. So Hebrews, James, First, uh, Second Peter, John, Jude, Revelation, I believe those are for Israel. Sure. And, and there's okay. or about plenty Israel. of clear signs. Yes. That. And so, again, if those books were not, not given to the church, the Jews would not have... Yes. But at the same time, not that we can't glean information, not that we can't glean help, um, an, even an pra- understanding of God. Yeah, e- it's even, all about even some practical things. It's okay? all about Him. Yes. So it still teaches us of Him. So it doesn't change. It doesn't. Oh, well, that doesn't mean throw out the Book of James. No, of course not. We be doers of the word, not hearers only. Right. I mean that that's a great practical truth from James one. Um, I believe it has greater depth for the Jewish tribulation mm-hmm. than it does for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's there's practical help and teaching. That's where I'm trying to get to. You ask um, any pastor, what's the greatest message that's ever been preached? What will they tell you? Oh, they go to Matthew... Uh, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, 5, 6, 7. Yeah. All about Israel, all... It's about the kingdom. Right. Mm-hmm. All about instruction for the kingdom. Yes, got nothing to do with the church. So so we don't throw that out. We don't discount it. That's right. And I guess that's where I was getting to, is that if I read Revelation, it was pinned, given to the church, but we don't mess up the rest of Scripture by saying the church got it, but it doesn't apply to them. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah. I don't believe we mess up the scriptures. And the key by term is that. it doesn't apply in a doctrinal sense. In a doctrinal right. sense. Right. Devotional sense, we can see that, mm-hmm. but not necessarily doctrinal. Mm-hmm. Which is why I believe this is another sign of the time. Okay. You mentioned in the previous episode, perilous times. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's in chapter three. In chapter four, the time will come when men and not endure sound doctrine mm-hmm. because. We, I say we, not you and not the three of us, but we as a 21st century Christian want everything to be about us. Mm. We don't want to endorse sound doctrine. We want to have great devotion. Sure. You know what I mean? We want everything in here to give me some devotional mm-hmm. help. Well, and also affirm my pre-existing lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. So sound doctrine sometimes is right division. And when we realize, okay, well, that makes sense now. Sure. 
It's Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd. And then we read that and we want devotional help mm-hmm. without realizing there's a greater doctrinal truth, which I believe it's Israel and the tribulation. Right. That's right. what I believe Psalm right. 23 is. But, and here's a good point to be made is if you want to understand the devotional truth properly, then you must understand you the must doctrinal understand truth the doctrinal. first. Yes, right. right. Which that, when, when there was a pastor who um, said that, I heard a pastor say that. That was a huge help to me. Mm-hmm. Like getting them in the proper order uh, was super awesome. So, Revelation. Revelation 2 and 3. Let's solve X here. Let's now place these churches. Where do they belong? Okay, do they belong in the first century only? Do they Are they prophetic in nature, meaning the seven church ages? Or do these churches speak of a time to come? that still have not yet transpired. Because, based on what we talked about last time, when you read the word church, we got to figure out when this church is. When is it? When is it? Which age is it referring to? Again, we immediately want to think church age because of the use of the word church. Mm -hmm. But we established... That was a help to me. That's why it's important, if you have not listened to the previous episode, you really should go back and listen to it first. But... um, I've just got so many. Okay, just to show that the doctrine that is being taught to these churches is not our doctrine. I guess the first one that I would bring to you is the references to the second coming of Christ and directly how their behavior will bring about the second coming of Christ. That is not, you and I can't do anything to bring about the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything. But these churches can, and every letter references the second coming of Christ, every letter. Um, the first would be the phrase, I come quickly. I come quickly. It's used um, very few times. Actually, if you if you look up the word quickly, just if you quickly look up the word quickly, very few times. Um, it is used six times in Revelation. Half the time it is used, it's used in Revelation. Revelation 2.5, if they don't do something, I will come unto thee quickly. Um, but can I ask a question? Sure. So he's coming unto them quickly for the purpose of removing their place, removing them as a candlestick, right? Well, I just got to the first one. Okay. So. <laughs> sure. sure. It's like when you try to teach a class and the first thing you say someone, Yeah, I was that okay, kid. I'll answer that question that in about a minute. Come on, so. Chad. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> At least you know I'm paying attention. Chapter 2, verse 16, repent or else I will come quickly unto thee and do what? will fight against thee with the sword of my mouth. Against them, yeah. Isn't that Revelation 19? Um, how about 311? So is it coming quickly in the sense of coming early or come at a time in which you are not in expecting this or is, not prepared for? Well, this is the first one. Um, I'll show you another one here right after this that it's just undeniable. It's the second return of Christ. I'm just I'm telling you that every reference to him coming quickly is his second coming. Okay. Um, 311. 
Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. That's the enduring into the end. Um, so I believe this reference to coming quickly is his second coming. Let's go to this one. This one's much easier. Revelation 3.3. 3. Every time the word of God speaks of Christ coming as a thief, it's always his second, second coming. coming. Always. And in Revelation 3, 3, remember therefore how thou received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. Do you remember that? This probably predates you guys. The movie Thief, Thief in, the, in Night. the Night. We were busy watching Nickelodeon. <laughs> Although I know the movie. I know, yeah. Thief in the Night. That was they used that to reference the rapture. Correct. Which never it doesn't. Does. Never does. No. Never does. Matthew 24, Luke 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 Peter 3, Revelation 16, here in Revelation 3, verse 3, always the second coming of yes. Christ. It's it's undeniable. Um 1 Thessalonians chapter number five, you know, that's that there's no need that I write unto you. Because right after chapter, this is deep. 1 Thessalonians five is right after 1 Thessalonians four. Correct. 1 Thessalonians four is the rapture. 1 Thessalonians five is the return of Christ. That's right. 2 Peter chapter three is the return of Christ. Uh, Revelation 16 and verse 15, the Bible says, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk, here's the Laodicean reference, lest he walk naked and they see his shame, mm. and he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Clearly the second return of Christ, mm -hmm. and he, he shows it as a thief. I'm going to come as a thief. And so... According to Revelation 3.3, 3, the actions of the church at Sardis can bring about the return of Christ. Is that our doctrine today? It's dependent on our actions. Can we bring about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer is no. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm only struggling with the fact that that 70th week is going to be a week. It's going to be a week of years, Right. Because we were having this discussion, Josh, you and I were having this discussion on the way over about how the Lord will shorten the days, except the Lord shorten the days, mm -hmm. right? Which Not the number of days. Not the number of days, but the length of the day itself, the day, the, right? Yes, yes. So how do we reconcile that meaning with the understanding that the 70th week is a week of seven years? Well... I believe these references to him coming, all these references to repent, to repent, to repent, again, they, these churches, all these references to hold fast, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast to what? Overcome what? Be faithful to what? Return to your first love. These who are wavering, again, this is the first three, they're about ready to face the mark of the beast. This is the first three and a half years. He is only going to bring out those into the wilderness, those that overcome. Which, according to Zechariah, that's only a third. Correct. So maybe you're saying that the come unto thee quickly is 
not so much referring to the end of the tribulation, the end of the seven years, but the point at which he moves his people into the wilderness? I still, well, he's still going to come to them because they're the elect. Right. But those who are not faithful, those who are not, he's bringing judgment to them. He's not bringing comfort. He's bringing judgment. Okay. That judgment being, verse 11, the second death. That judgment being, chapter 3, verse 5, their names blotted out because they were not faithful. They did not overcome. Which I believe that would, uh, I say I believe, that to me, I would put into the category of the two-thirds. Right. Of Zechariah. There's two-thirds that are going to pair. Two-thirds don't make it. So, so this are are we um, are we are you saying then that Jesus is coming and going during the tribulation? Like there's an active coming and going in terms of his relationship to and ministry with these churches. Well, what's interesting is is that's going to go along with the next episode. Okay. Uh, but I, I want My to chat. no, because I'm trying to grapple yeah. with. I'm trying to <laughs> grapple with, because like it or lump it, we got seven years in which yeah we're not going to be here for this, but we are trying to understand what's going on. And so when Jesus says, "Behold, I come quickly," it's like this: if I say to my kids, "I'm going to be home at four o'clock today," right? And and without a doubt, I'm going to be home at four o'clock today. And I call them at noontime, and I find out they haven't got their chores done, and I say, behold, I come quickly, does that mean that I might come at one o'clock? Or am I still coming at four o'clock like I said I was going to... Am I more or less warning them against their unpreparedness of me coming at four o'clock? Does that question make okay, sense? Okay, here's... Okay. And this may flop over... There's a distinction, I believe, in the book of Revelation um, as to who is bringing this revelation. Okay, let me put it this way. The revelation of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Revelation 1.1, Jesus Christ is not revealed until he comes the second time. The one who appears unto John in chapter number one is the Old Testament angel of the Lord, who is Jesus Christ, who is, it's the Old Testament manifestation of Christ. Okay. You'll notice the last time the name Jesus is used, um... It's not, well, I, w- I just want to make sure, okay? I think I know where he's going. I think I'm following. I'll let you keep going. Okay, I let me, I'm, I'm just... No, Verse man. 9. Um, I believe verse 9 is the last time the name Jesus is used in Revelation until, like, chapter... Okay, let me get this right. It isn't. It's not used again until twelve. Mm-hmm. And you notice the one that appears to John does not identify himself as Jesus. 
Even though it is, but... Even though it is, it's the... I believe Christ is appearing once again as the angel of the Lord. Because he is dealing with Israel. Yes. Okay. Because historically, if he's trying to reach the nation of Israel, how did God historically always... They have always... And that's why I reference in the last, there's always an angel. There's always an angel that leads them. And so Christ, I believe, appears as the angel of the Lord, as he did all through the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. When Christ appeared to Paul, and Paul said, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In that age, at that time, Christ appeared to Paul as Jesus. He is appearing at this time as the angel, the angel of the Lord, who I believe you can well demonstrate in the Old Testament is... Is Christ. Is Christ. That is why it's not until Hebrews 2.9 they say, but we see Jesus. He's the one who's coming. Right now, it's the angel of the Lord that's appearing unto John, this angel, because, okay, Revelation 1.1, who's the angel who signifies the revelation of Christ? Who is this angel? The Bible says, and he sent, okay, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. So God gave the revelation of Jesus Christ unto Christ to show unto his servants things which must surely come to pass. And he, okay, so the antecedent of that he, who is it? Is it God or Christ or both? Okay, it's God. It says God gave unto him. And he sent... That's the antecedent. And signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So this one that appears unto John is this angel, is it not? <clears throat> right. So be, we can... Is this another bombshell? No, let me say, I run, let's say we run with this. This again I'm is... I'm just saying that in Revelation, God is once again dealing with Israel, and he is going to deal with them the way that he historically has always done. Because we're no longer on church time, we're back in Israel time. Yes. Uh, yeah, I get that. That's yeah. why you're saying that. I'm saying that, yes. You know, Hebrews, the whole point of Hebrews is, how did God how did God speak to his people? Well, he then has a whole section on angels and how he would use the angel, specifically the angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. to speak and to deliver messages to his people. Mm-hmm. I believe that angel of the Lord was Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that is why, because I've always struggled with the phrase, um, where is it? I've always struggled with this phrase, and why can't I find it quickly? Verse 13, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Okay, yeah. He's not the Son of Man. Now, Stephen, you look at in Acts 7, clearly saw the Son of Man. The Son of Man. Yeah. This is one likened to the Son of Man. John was uh, John laid his head on the breast of Christ. 
But this one that appeared unto John had to introduce himself. Yeah. John, even in verse number 13, wasn't exactly sure who, he says this, like. who this was. And I've always struggled with that. Why does it say like unto? So I believe Christ is making himself manifest to Israel once again in the appearance that they are familiar with. I Can I just throw in there that this is not some kind of weird doctrine because no. on, a, on a spiritual level, okay, on a spiritual level, God is spirit, right? Um, we see in a number of different places where spiritual beings manifest themselves, they're able to manifest themselves in a multitude of ways, right? So, for example, to use the illustration of Satan, right? We know that um, in Job and in Isaiah 27, he's introduced to us as Leviathan. In the Garden of Eden, he's the serpent, and in Revelation, he is the dragon. And we would not take that as some kind of um, picture or typological thing, but that this is the appearance that he manifests. You're like, oh, that's so weird. Okay, read Ezekiel. And there's like beings that are filled with eyes, right? Mm-hmm, right. Okay, so so here's my question then. Can I can I bring come can I raise my question again? Yes, sir. Are you saying, is the conclusion of what you're saying is that Christ is Jesus is actively working in his people Israel as the Son of Man? right, as, as the angel of the Lord, and then at his second coming, he will manifest in a different manner. Yes. Okay. Okay. that's Zechariah. <laughs> Remember, Zechariah says, they will look upon him whom they, they have pierced. pierced. Right. He will come. So, Verse okay, seven. I'm not trying to lose listeners here. I'm just saying that in Revelation chapter number one... Christ is appearing unto John, but not as Jesus. Well, He's appearing... Because the 70-week prophecy, mm-hmm. who gave that to Daniel in Daniel 9? An angel mm-hmm. gave it to him. Mm-hmm. So it's very clear the way that Christ... That the way that God would deal with his people historically, we're talking Israel, mm-hmm. is by an angel. Always. So if Revelation is once again about the nation of Israel, why would he not do what he has historically done? Well, and I can't remember the reference. Maybe you, you maybe you're already tracking Josh the way I am, but there is a reference to the Prince of Kings and King of Kings. No, I was actually going to Zechariah because I thought there was something interesting All right, go in ahead. that passage. Go ahead. go ahead. The verse you just referenced about the one that pierced. It says Zechariah twelve ten. That's that's what you are referencing. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for his only son. I've always thought that was interesting in that passage, where Jesus. I mean, there's, I mean, God clearly speaking here, and he mentions the pronoun me, and then he says they were mourned for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his that could refer. Is that referring to the incarnation, him being the incarnation? Well, that's what I mean. It's like, it's, 
going back to what you said, you know, the the appearance of Christ at his second coming is not the same. Obviously, that's clear than the first time they saw him. Um, Can that be seen even in just those pronouns, me and him? You know what I mean? It's like it ain't just some guy. This is God. Right, but it's referring to they they look upon me, whom they have pierced, so the the angel of the Lord staked. Yes. And then they lament that they crucified him, him. the incarnated Christ. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Right, I got you. And Try so it. so to me it fits. Is it's not really a question I'm getting at. Right. To me it fits right. with the pronoun usage there. Yeah. So 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 I believe in verse number one, I think it's pretty clear revelation? that this yeah, Revelation one one okay. that this revelation of Jesus Christ is being sent to John by an angel. That's what it says. Right. <laughs> so I I'm But yeah. what does it mean? I'm still trying to get the antecedent to the he. It's God. One. It has to be God. Whether it's well, God or on. whether it's God or Jesus, it well, doesn't it says, matter. Which God gave unto him. Right. And he sent. So is the he the him or is he God? Oh, you're so funny. I don't think it matters because what did you say? no, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why because, is that funny? Okay. <laughs> it's like it's Just, like that game where the the ball's underneath one of the cups, and it's like... <laughs> okay, historically, when God wanted to deliver a message to his people, Israel, how would he do it? By yes. the mouth of a prophet, that's Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, yep. or by the declaration of an angel. And most often, the angel of the Lord, hundreds of times in the Old Testament, and then you don't see it in the epistles, because that's not, that's not how God communicates to his people in this age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're now going back where the focus is on Israel again. And if he's going to reach his people, he is going to do it. Again, if he's pointing them back to the Old Testament, how has he historically reached his people? It's either by the mouth of a prophet or the mouth of an angel. Which Guess he's going to use both. He's going to have both. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have both. He's going to have the mouth of an angel and then the mouth of the prophet, specifically the two witnesses, the two olive branches. So this one who is speaking to John Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. chapter Mm -hmm. one, I believe is the angel of the Lord. Now you may say again, well, that's just semantics. It's not. It's not semantics. Because again, the way to reach Israel at this time, at this time, is not by sending Jesus Christ. They have to endure tribulation before they're going to believe in the Son of Man. So God is going to go back to the way that he originally would speak to his people through an angel. And so is this Jesus Christ biblically? Yes. It is, because I believe it's clear that the angel of the Lord was the Old Testament Jesus Christ. You know, and kind of if we're trying to understand it in human terms, think about relationships, right? Like, if I think about the different relationships I have, those relationships result in me manifesting my person differently to different people, right? Because I have a different relationship between me and my wife, to me and my kids, to me and you all. And it's, it is the same person, but the relationship and, and the, 
um, the responsibilities, the manifestation is different. It's different, right? Does that make sense? I agree with you. Paul, Paul would not have been persecuting the angel of the Lord. Mm. He was persecuting Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who is portraying himself, not portraying, who is the Messiah. Right. So when Christ met Paul in that age, mm-hmm. and he says, who art thou, Lord? He identified himself, who he was. Yeah. Paul would not have persecuted the angel of the Lord. So what you're suggesting is that Paul in that moment knew, he knew that on the Damascus road, that that appearance was the angel of the Lord, or he would have believed it. He would have believed this is the angel of the Lord. But then when he says, who art thou, Lord? It's then that Jesus connects the two for him. Correct. Okay. I'm the one whom thou persecutest. Right, 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 right. Okay, now, now. Okay. So maybe I'm wrong. Because I do the same thing you do. That's the only time. And it's yeah, yeah. like eight times. <laughs> yeah. Somebody after church comes yeah. to meet you in the back. Master, okay. Shut up. Whenever <laughs> I say that in church, I can see people oh, go yeah. through their yeah, all the time. They want to find something. <laughs> so that's, okay. where, that's where you Barney Fife it. I just did that to show you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Revelation, the angel of the Lord is coming or has come, is announcing, is talking is is signifying what you and I again this is a word that we use now but you know what I mean his second advent mm-hmm. okay correct me if I'm wrong Luke 2 the shepherds the Bible I'm reading it right here specifically says and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and I've always oh, it's just an angel he's up and the Bible calls him the angel of the Lord Right. Which I think is interesting because a few moments later the shepherds go to the to manger to the manger. They go <laughs> you know what I mean. They go to Christmas. You're, I you're got right. It. They yeah. go to Christmas. And he said they, they go to Christmas. And they said to see the things which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They didn't say which the angels have made known unto us. I just thought that was interesting. That's interesting. It identified that angel of the Lord as God. I believe that. Right. So, so here we have a good example. At his first advent, the angel of the Lord announced his announce. Coming. What's different in the second? This advent? is, it's I the believe, same. the angel of the Lord announcing the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. You notice it's not the revelation of the angel of the Lord. That's right. And again, I believe this reference in the first sentence of verse one is about his physical revelation. Physical, because again, is. Israel is by sight. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, the revelation of Jesus Christ is about the written word in front of us. But I believe it is primarily, it is announcing his physical coming unto his people, that he is coming. And so, (laughs) Christ in Luke 2... Yeah. Well... Is that not Psalm 110? My Lord said Said unto my my Lord. Lord. Okay, that's what I was saying. So here we have the babe. Right. The physical manifestation. Over there in Bethlehem. 
But and the here angel we have of the, the angel Lord of the Lord speaking to shepherds. Well, and here's our problem. The problem is we're like, well, how can he be in two places at one we're time? We're trying to put God in a bottle. Well, right. Of course we are. And, well, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is that that to me shows... How God is so transcendent and other yes. than. Yes. Okay, that's a good... He is, thank you. He is so other yes. than. Yeah. I am not a wordsmith, so thank you, Chad. Oh, so, I'm not a wordsmith either. But, but you know what? I'm going to re- take this recording. I'm going to use it when I preach it now. Okay. Here's something, <laughs> here's something that helped me. Now, I did not come up with this. Um, um, a man in our church mentioned this to me, and it just made sense. If I want to understand how God is going to deal with his people in the future... I must look at how he dealt with them in the past. Mm. Oh, that's good. So understanding how God is going to deal with Israel in this time, I have to go back historically how he dealt with them, Mm -hmm. because that is how he's going to reach them. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be with something new. It's going to be with something that is established. And it is established when God has a message for his people, he sends the angel of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so this is the angel. If this is Jesus, why didn't he introduce himself as such? He's been with John. You'll notice when Jesus is revealed in chapter five, he's not called Jesus. He's called the lamb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's He's not revealed as Jesus until he comes back. So the whole point of this is preparing for his coming. It's preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean that he's not active all throughout. He's active as the angel of the Lord and the angel of these seven churches. So when, okay, so this comes back to... So the angel of these says, seven churches, it's the pillar and the fire right. still leading. So when he says, I come quickly, mm-hmm. right, or, or else I come quickly, that would not be a reference to... That 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 second coming at the end. I believe it end. is, but I, believe ha- it I is. don't see how it can be though. If you're saying that he's working in them as the angel of the Lord, correct, right? right? And he's saying, "You better repent, or else I'll come quickly and take out, you know, remove but your." But see, candles. the angel of the Lord is declaring what's given to him in verse one. Mm-hmm. So these aren't the words that he's speaking for. The one who's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the so when the angel is saying in chapters two and three, "Behold, I come quickly," he's not speaking of himself; he's speaking of the one that sent him. Does that make sense? No, no. Okay, hold on. Let me. Let me. I'm still trying to figure out. You know, the angel under the church, and the angel under the church. All right. The angel so the, why is the angel take... of the Lord? What? Let me say. Sorry, that. my bad. I'm so, still working out the algebra over here. One twenty says there's seven angels, plural, mm-hmm. but this is the angel of the Lord. I, I can get that because of the seven spirits, which are right, the which Holy is in Spirit. verse four. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I can get. Uh, word angels can, is plural. If we yet, could come talking. to the recognition that this angel is something supernatural, one hundred percent. It's not a yeah, pastor right. who is, you know. I have I have no trouble. Are you okay? I have I have no trouble with saying these seven angels aren't all the angel of the Lord, but I can agree that it's not something supernatural. That this is a supernatural angel. Yeah, that's not something natural. Yeah. All right. So here's I have on the table here a pen. I'm holding this pen up as representative of that the candle stick. Okay. Okay. 
And walking amongst the candlestick is the angel of the Lord. Okay. Right? Okay. So when the angel of the Lord is speaking to the angel of a church, of the church at whatever, okay, and he says, because he's revealing himself as the angel of the Lord to Israel, which is how he has in the past, Mm -hmm. if he says to them, right, behold, I come quickly... All right, let's look at 2.5. All right, repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. All right, ready? Here we go. We're in year six of the, trip of the, of the 70th week of Daniel. Okay, by then they're in the wilderness. Okay, so we're in year two. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in year two. This is so fun, isn't it? We're in year two. Okay, and and the church of Ephesus, right? That that God has used the church to preserve the book of Revelation, so that the church at Ephesus has this message from right. Him. Okay, right. they hear this message. Okay, do they understand this message to mean if we don't repent and do the first works, it's possible that six months from now, the Lord, the the, the angel of the Lord removes our candlestick. We are judged. He removes us. I, I see what you're saying. That's a great... Um, <clears throat> How would they understand it? And right. that's why I'm saying this This warning that he would come, that's why I'm saying I don't see how that can also be a reference to the com- the second coming at the end of the tribulation, because otherwise it feels like a very idle threat. Does that make sense? Are you following... Josh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the no. first, the first thing I would, you know, it just to answer question one, which I think was, how can the angel be in second in seven places the same? In verse, in verse thirteen, the angel of the Lord is seen in the midst. Sure. So he's in their midst, okay. um, in the presence of. Right, he's in the midst of the seven candlesticks. Okay. So he's actively working. So I, I do see how the angel of all seven can be the same one. He's he's in their midst. He is I'm not calling him an itinerant, you know. A, no, 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 no. And I get that. That makes sense. So that's okay. that's my thought on number one. Yeah, that makes number sense. two. I see your question, uh, brother Chad. I don't want to call you brother Chad. You're Chad. Call I'm me James, whatever. You're, Nate. Yeah. you're not Nate. You're Josh. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> so um, that's how I would. Okay, if I, I'm just saying when I when I do you see the behold I come quickly as different than I come as a thief. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So on its face, so yes, but you're not saying that this can't be tribulation. You're I'm saying not it saying. is tribulation. Yes, I'm saying but it's it's a what warning. you're saying is. You can't use the phrase "I come quickly" to mean the second coming. It has right. to mean I got I'm going to remove. I'm going to come and remove and, and, you. And you're saying that's the warning of you're going to be part of that two thirds right. that perish. Right. You're not going to make right. it to the end. Right. That's the warning. Because doesn't he? Which church does he say the same that endures to the end? Is there? Is there? Is that? 
In Revelation or just Matthew? Is it in Revelation as well? I believe it's just oh, okay. Matthew. Okay, he used the term overcometh. Yeah, of course okay. it is. Yeah. All right. So, so, okay, so let me rephrase that. Um, the end of these churches and the working of these seven churches um, is the second coming of Christ and not the rapture. Yes. Because the end of our work is the that, rapture. That, right. that works. Okay, yeah. let me rephrase yeah. what I'm... I like that. Um, but do you, so I think maybe we have a better understanding of the question I'm asking. Because when you say, behold, I come quickly, when, when, when he says that, I do not take that to mean... I take it as we're in, they're in the tribulation, these churches are. It's not referring to the Son of Man being revealed in all of his glory at the second coming. It is him as the angel of the Lord. Because the angel of the Lord showed up to Joshua, right? right? Just in a different as, form. Right. He's a captain of the Lord's host. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so, um, and obviously the angel of the Lord, who is Christ, is not referring to himself because he's already there. Right. And I think the seven he's angels are seven angels. He's referring to, but we see Jesus. <laughs> Hebrews 2, what is that? Verse 9. Okay. So it is the angel of the Lord is preparing the way for the coming of Jesus Christ. Which what that to me what that means is if that means that the angel of the Lord sets his foot upon the ground to do something on behalf of Israel, that doesn't break my doctrine of when when Christ in all of his glory sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives, right. for, which, is, which is a different manifestation of the same God. The same thing happened in Luke 2. Right. With the baby and the angel. Does the there shepherds. say anywhere where this one who appears to John is actually on the ground? No. I but, don't believe it does. But I the, see your point. The threat to come quickly to me is... It's right, not a right. Threat, but I don't believe this angel set the foot warning. On the, okay, great. Foot on the ground because I believe the next time that Christ bodily touches the earth, the Mount of Olives is going to clean okay. too. So that coming perhaps refers somehow. I, I still to... think the coming refers to his second coming. Okay. Um, because. But do you see where I'm saying, Josh? It's I, like, I do. It's like an idle threat. It's like if I say to my kids, "I'm coming at four. And then I call them, and they're not doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Well, I believe these Jews who don't repent are going to take the mark, and then they're damned. Well, I agree to that. So, and Christ is going to come and bring judgment to them. Yeah. The Bible says that they're going to go into furnaces of earth. Okay. So the come quickly refers to his second coming, where he's going to bring judgment upon those who don't repent. Sure. But that's still at the end. Right. Man, we got a lot or to think about. Could it be? Well, I don't know. Sorry, my mind just went. So perhaps. So is I it think... not necessarily an idle threat, but more of a guys? You're running out of time. Right. Right. Okay. Behold, I come quickly. You're running out of time. Sure. You better get this done. But then he does say again, looking at Revelation two, that he would come and remove their candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is conditional. This isn't... Hey, guys, you're running out of time. If you don't get this, if you don't repent, that candlestick's gone when I show up. Right. Okay. Well, even if you gone. don't, but even if... 
if they whether they repent, okay, if it's the second coming, whether they repent or not, he's coming at the same appointed time. So I would going back to your ch- children understanding, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm coming home at four, mm-hmm. and you call them at noon. I haven't done the chores yet, guys. I'm showing up. You have you're running out of time. If you don't do it, there's punishment when I show up. So, so you're taking it as a warning. Yeah, that's how I'm again, taking a it. warning against unpreparedness. Yeah. for the second coming. That's how I'm taking. Maybe I'm wrong. These churches. So, okay, let me say it this way too. Um, they are. These churches are looking to the second coming. Can we? Can we agree with that? Yes. Oh, we're, yeah. We're yeah. not. Yeah. We're looking for the rapture. We're not looking to the second coming. Okay. Can I? While my brain's holding this thought. If Josh, if what you're, if you hold to that view, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll concede. But if, I'm just no, I want you to because this will help help me understand. If we hold to the view, we hold to the view that this is referring to the second coming. Okay, then what that means then is that when the Church of Ephesus reads this in year two, uh-huh. that it's not possible for their candle to be removed in year three of the tribulation. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Right, and that's why I would say it feels like an idle. I know what you're warning. saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But if we take it to mean it's simply a warning against his second coming, then their candlestick is not going to be removed until he. Is it not? Yeah. Is it an idle threat to tell your children at noon, "I'm showing up at four. You got to get it done. If you don't, there's a problem." It's not an idle threat. Okay. But. When it concerns God, that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as an idle threat. Agree. Right. Agree. Which is what we're trying to fix. Right. Because we know there's no such thing as an idle threat with God. hmm So. I think the emphasis in each letter is overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. And I agree overcoming. to that. I agree to that. And they need to overcome, and they're going to. I guess. They need to overcome. By the halfway point. I see what that, you're saying. That is when the overcoming... I see what you're saying with come quickly, but I also see what he's saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you're, if you're in year two and you read this and you're like, all right. Well, I got guys, five we years. we got five years. Right. You know, enjoy. Or even if you're saying to the midway point, well, I got time. Yeah. R- make sure you repent. Well, remember, I believe present day in these churches, they are not under threat of the mark yet. Mm-hmm. The mark does not come... Until the Antichrist is resurrected, uh, yes. three, mm-hmm. the beast comes out of the pit. Mm-hmm. So the mark doesn't come until that second. So they're not under that threat yet. That's why he's saying, repent, repent, to prepare them for what is about to... The great tribulation hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. So they're in this first three and a half year period, and he is preparing them for what is about to come. Mm-hmm. That is why he's just hold fast, hold fast, hold fast, because you know Israel is. They're just they're perhaps in. They've been lulled to sleep mm-hmm. here. That's why they're lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Laodicean church. It's because they've been lulled to sleep. Right. Well, you're about to be awakened. Right, right, right. I'm just saying, what are the conditions upon their candle being removed? I believe the condition is two eleven. Their condition is three five. Um, well, two five. Two five. 
Well, what I'm saying is, is uh, if God removes their candlestick, they're going to be heard of the second death. Verse 11. These are those who don't repent. Okay. These are those who okay. don't... Okay, so you're suggesting that the candlestick could be removed in year three, hypothetically. Well... Or year four or five. <laughs> but before the second coming, the candlestick could be removed. Well, this candle... Come on. Can we all say that this is a huge... It's a huge again, thing. And again, okay. I, will, I will submit and to And I you, know we can't resolve these today. I'm just thinking... No, I know. But no. I'll also submit to you that I'm just recently... Sure in the last few months, coming to this understanding, which now, again, you can't read anybody to help you in this well, thinking. Mm -hmm. You can't... Well, let me say this too. All we're doing is we're trying to figure out what it means to I will come quickly. Mm -hmm. We've already, I believe, I think, I think we can see clearly these are not New Testament churches. Mm -hmm. Correct. I can see clear Jewish teaching 100% evidence that this is overcoming the mark of the beast. This is tribulational. This is the church in the wilderness of the future. Well, no, maybe not. This is the first three and a half, but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. All of that. All we're trying to do at this moment is trying to figure out what come quickly means. Sure. I'm probably straining in a gnat. You see, you see what I'm trying to I say, do. though? I do. So this is, this is actually of a... Oh, you know, you're going to lose it at the, you're going to become the two thirds or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking. Well, myself, the thought, but. the thought that the thought that the man in your church shared with you, that in order to understand the Lord's dealings with Israel in that in the future, we must understand the past. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point. So then I'm thinking about, well, how is it that he dealt with them in the past? You know, manifestations of the angel of the Lord, mm -hmm. right? So, and, and in real time upon the earth, right? Mm -hmm. or, or, or just above the earth, floating in the air, whatever. But there was still physical, physical. There were still manifestations of the angel of the Lord to people with their visible eyes. So when I hear, behold, I come quickly, and I connect that with, well, what was the ministry of the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament? He appeared to them. Adam, he appeared to them, right? So it doesn't in break Acts me. In Acts 7, Stephen said in there, you'll notice that the angel appeared to Moses in the bush. Mm -hmm. So he appeared as fire. You know, this, this angel of the Lord sometimes would appear as a pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. He appeared as the captain of the Lord's host in Joshua. Most Rock. of the time, he appears as an angel, right? as an angel. And so here, he's appearing as an angel. Um but also, maybe this will be the next time too, because I don't know if we have to draw this one. We should wrap her pretty quick. Well, let's wrap it, and then, um, you know, we can further this on. I, I think this was a good discussion. It was great discussion. Um, did we actually touch? Did we solve for how X? much? Did we solve for X? We haven't really solved for. I, X. I forgot we're right. we're doing algebra. <laughs> okay, not to break anybody heart, anybody's heart, but this is pretty much part one. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's going to happen. So we're to be still solving for I'm sorry. It's just I was lured into. <laughs> My bad. Well, I had to do it because I, I just believe this is the angel of the Lord, who is the Old Testament and person I, of the well, Christ. Well, I, I think there's no there's no question there, as far as the three of us. Sure. We we get that. That makes sense. Um, 
then by its very I didn't know what we're trying to uh, I didn't know what X is. So why were you even trying X to solve it? X is where do we where do we put these churches? And perhaps by who is delivering this, we've done that because does the angel of the Lord appear to us in this age? No. No. No, not at all. Not in the Shroud so of Turin. The very fact that the what? the very fact that the angel of the Lord is appearing because you'll notice this angel, this angel, this angel speaking unto John. Who? Who is this angel? Mm-hmm. Is this just a glory to God in the high? You know, is this just... That was fantastic. That was worth the entire episode. <laughs> right very <there>. good. <laughs> I believe it's the, it's the same angel that led Ezekiel in Ezekiel. It's the same angel that came to speak unto Daniel. It's the same angel. It's the angel of the Lord. It's the same angel that met Abram on the mount with Isaac. It's the same angel that met Gideon in Judges chapter 6. It's the same angel that... And I'm with that. I have one rebuttal to that one, but maybe I won't ask it now. Maybe Let's do it next time. Okay. Wrap her up, Josh. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's been a fun one, and uh, as we continue to work through... Hey, we started this season with, we're going to go through Revelation. We ain't even finished chapter one, really. I mean, we're still just kind of, and uh, but that's okay. That's fun. That, that, that's to me, this is, this is really, really helpful and uh, really enjoying it. So thank you for listening. Hope you're subscribing. If you haven't, make sure you do like, share, comment. Uh, uh, we, we always welcome that. Yeah. What, what is the email address that you backwoods theology at gmail.com. Mm. And, um, so if you like to email us, you can do that and, uh, just, or comment right there on the podcast. People have done that too. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention and, uh, hopefully we'll see you next time here on backwoods theology.